Good morning, giving you all an opportunity to come on in. Come on in, come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in the room. 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 Come on. Come on in the room. Come on, come on, come on. Come on in the room. Come on in the room. Y'all come on and say good morning to me. Can y'all come on and say good morning to me? Can y'all come on and say good morning to me? Come on. Welcome to my Instagrammers. Good to see you all on this morning. Giving y'all all time to get your Bibles, your pens, your notebooks. Come on. We got one more minute. One more minute. And we're going to go ahead and get started. Giving you all an opportunity. Come on, come on, come on. Y'all come on in and say good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Carmika. How are you doing this morning, woman of God? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. All right. Come on, we got one minute. Y'all come on. Good morning. Welcome to Bible Study Brunch at 11. Welcome, 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 welcome to Can We Talk About It Live, our Job series. It continues. It continues. You may see me look this way. You may see me look this way because I am also coming live on my Instagram. 
I'm coming live on my Twitter. I'm coming live on my YouTube, my marriage ministries page, my personal page. Can we talk about a live page? I have a private page, which is my coach page, which is called Real Life Talks Empowerment Coaching. That it's also on that page. It's a private page. That's where I do my coaching sessions. But right now I've been doing this Job series. And so um, those who are in that page, they may come on and watch a little bit or go back and watch the replay. Amen. And so we're going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray. And after I have prayed, we're going to go right into Job chapter 32. Y'all should have your Bibles. Job has been blessing us, has he not? Some of you have been getting a better understanding of what Job is talking about. And so um, Job 32 is we talked that we did part a let me let me give a quick little recap to you all on this morning let me do a quick re recap so um job um part one we talked about job is tested amen we talk about job is tested meaning that um uh god and Satan had a conversation concerning Job and God asked Satan, have you considered my servant, my servant Job? And so that was part A. Part B, we talked about from chapters, chapter three through chapter, chapter 31. And we were talking about the three friends who decides to answer Job and the areas that Job was speaking to. And they thought it best to um they thought it best to um make their own assumptions give their own opinions you know their own way of hearing it or seeing it or whatever the case may be but for those for those of you who are tuning in for the first time and you do not know what is going on i am doing a joke series don't allow your continents to change your confidence. And it comes from the book of Job, where Job said that though he slay me, yet I will maintain my ways before the Lord. Job also stated to his wife, should we just take the um, good and not the bad along with whatever that we're going through? Job also stated he gives and he takes. So there was a lot going on from chapter three to chapter 31. And here now we're in chapter, I'm not chapter, now we're in part C of the story of Job. And it's going to talk about a young man answers Job who feels like he's not wise enough, or he feels like he's not important enough, or he feels like um, because he's the youngest of the three that his advice or his opinion or his encouraging words are not as where they are, but he's given an opportunity um, to talk to Job and his name is Elihu. 
And he's a young man who had been listening to the entire conversation. So that means while the three friends were talking, he was in the midst of the conversation. That means he had to be in the room. That means he had to be sitting and watching and listening and determining if he should speak or if he should be quiet. So it says that um, he listened to how Job's, his, Job's friends um, criticized Job for being... Um, for talking to Job the way that he had, but he also had his own opinion and feeling like um, they were talking, but they weren't making process and progress. Um, Elihu went on to say, uh, all of these things have I said and I've listened and neither one of you has answered Job's question. And I want some of you to understand that in, in times you won't be able to answer for God. I need y'all to I need y'all to understand that in times you you will not be able to answer for God. What you have to understand is all of us have a different um life. All of us have a different lifestyle. All of us have a different mindset. Everybody doesn't think the same. Everybody does not receive the same. Everybody does not accept the same. Everybody is just not the same. But when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to what we're listening to, what it com when it comes to how we're responding to what we're listening to, we must be able to use wisdom. We must be able to understand. And we must be able to have the knowledge of, should I speak or should I listen should i respond or should i ask questions wisdom should always have you talking to yourself if i could just say it like that wisdom should always have you talking to yourself you know it is nothing wrong with talking to yourselves hold on one second you all hold on Ugh. Ugh, I'm back. So what the, so what do I mean? So Elihu, his point was that he said that although Job was a good man, he had allowed himself to become proud. So now Elihu is trying to tell the friends and Job, you're too proud to accept what we're saying, or you're too proud to think that God forbid, because you're an upright man that you can't go through, that things can't touch you, that you're you're so upright that you can't lose anything. You're so upright that you can't see past where you in, where you're at or what you're in, because you think that you're just untouchable. If I could just give that analogy concerning it. So who begin to say, and God was punishing him in order to humble him. Now, I can agree with that a little bit. I can. Because a lot of times you have so many people in this world that is self-righteous. Yeah, I had to look at my Instagram account. Because, you know, on Instagram, it's an, it's an open offer run. You know, Facebook, people are not going to share too much on Facebook. But, but there's two social medias that literally... If you really want to know how somebody is really living their lifestyle, go onto Instagram and go onto Snapchat. 
Facebook is too public. <laughs> I'm just saying, Facebook is too public. There's a lot of people on Facebook. Not saying there's not a lot of people on Instagram. There's not a lot of people on um, Snap. But there are so many hidden folk on Snap and on uh, Instagram. So, you know, you may not see pictures on Facebook, but you'll find a lot of pictures on Instagram. I'm just saying. Some of you may agree and some of you may not, and it's okay. So, um, so this answer was partially true because suffering does purify our faith, but God is beyond our comprehension and we cannot know why he allows each instance of suffering to come into our lives. So our part is simply to remain faithful. So what is our part? What is our part in suffering? To remain faithful. To. So our part is to remain faithful. That's our part. So our part is to remain faithful. That's our part. Our part is to remain faithful. So let's go on into our part C. We did part A, part B. And now we're in part C, where a young man begins to answer Job. And so, again, young Elihu rebukes the three friends for being unable to give Job, I'm sorry, to give Job a reasonable answer for why he was suffering. But he only gives a partial answer to Job's question by saying that man cannot understand all that God allows, but must trust him. This was the best answer that man could give, yet it was incomplete. Often the best human answers are incomplete because we do not have all the facts. And can we just go over into, um, let me go into Isaiah, because I can back that up with scripture. Um, I can definitely back that up with scripture. And I believe that it's in um, Isaiah 55. Thank you. So let me go ahead and put this in there. Isaiah 55, verse 8 through, let me just read through 11, okay? So let me go ahead and put that in the, in the comments. So Isaiah 55, 8 through 11 there so what does isaiah 55 8 through 11 says for one it tells us that blessings for those who seek him so when you continue to seek god you're going to receive a blessing but listen he says in in isaiah isaiah says that he's he's describing um he's describing joe uh god so for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right? So, 
9, uh, 10 says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Somebody need to say, Lord, just send a word. Lord have mercy. Listen, so the people of Israel were foolish to act as if they knew what God was thinking and planning. His knowledge and wisdom are far greater than man's. We are foolish to try to fit God into our mold, to make his plans and to make his purposes conform to ours. Instead, we must strive to fit into his plans. We should always strive to fit into God's plans. We should always we should always be able to understand that we don't always have the answers. We don't always know what is going on. But this morning, thank you, Holy Spirit. But this morning, as the Lord woke me up at 2.15 a.m. in the morning and literally had me up until 5 a.m., um, he, I opened up my word and we came straight to Job chapter 19. And that's why I was just like, Lord, what is happening? Like, what are you trying to show me? Like, what are you trying to, to, to give me? Like, what, what is really going on? But as I began to read Job 19 and 25 through 29, I was reminded that um, I was reminded that God is God. And no matter where we are in our life, suffering is going to happen. Suffering is going to take place. And sometimes when you are faithful and when you are committed and you have that relationship with the Lord, you're able just to sit and listen to the Holy Spirit. You're able just to listen and just to, to, to sit and listen, to meditate to ponder on what you're hearing, whether you're praying for your situation or whether you're praying for someone else's situation or whether you're praying for someone else's children or you're praying for your children, whether you're praying for your spouse or whether you're praying for someone else's spouse. At the end of the day, there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some misunderstandings. There's going to be some misconceptions. There's going to be something that we're not going to be able to have an answer for. So as I was studying this morning and I, and I was in Mark chapter 14 and it was, and Mark was given his, his analogy of what was taking place when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane. But the two, the two words that stuck out to me was watch and pray. Watch and pray. Two words. Watch and pray. Two words. Watch and pray. Two words. Listen, why is it must we watch and pray? Because when we don't understand what's going on in our life, when we don't understand why things are happening, 
when we don't understand what's about to take place, you watch and you pray. You watch and you pray because you don't know, but God knows. If we say that God is omnipresent and we say that God is omnipotent and we say that God is everywhere, then in that we must watch and we must pray. Right? So here we are in part C of Job now about to be spoken to a man named Elihu who is younger than the three friends. Good morning, Providence Cordelia, who is younger than his three friends. And so when we do not know all the facts, it is not good to assume. And you know, even on, thank you, Holy Spirit, even on yesterday, and I found myself talking with someone and I kept saying, I just assumed you knew, or I just assumed this is what you did. Oh, I just assumed this took place. That's why I didn't ask questions. That's why I didn't pry. That's why I just sat and I listened and only responded when I needed to because I didn't know the whole story. I didn't know everything that was taking place. I didn't know why this was happening, but I did say, this is nobody but God. Because when God brings something to you, it's our responsibility to listen it's our responsibility to watch. It's our responsibility to pray. And it's our responsibility to just sit. So even when we, everybody say, we know what that word assume is, but when you assume, it makes a book out of you and me. Okay, that may be all well and true, but at the end of the day, I serve a God and I don't listen to just those cliches. I don't listen to those type of words because at the end of the day, God is going to give me the, God is going to give me what I need to know. God is going to show me what I need to see. God is going to allow me to hear what I need to hear. Because if God is trying to send you help, Lord, help me, Jesus. If God is trying to send you help, if God is trying to get you to see that you need, you need help, don't kick against it. Saul was on the, oh, Lord, have mercy. Saul was on the road to Damascus. Okay. But before he got to his destination, he had an encounter with the Lord. And Jesus said to him, Saul. Saul, he called his name twice. Can I just assume that he wanted Saul to recognize that it wasn't just somebody regular calling his name? He didn't want Saul to think that it's the people that he was with that was calling his name. He wanted Saul to recognize a different voice. He wanted Saul to recognize this ain't a familiar voice that I've heard before. But Saul immediately humbled himself and said, Lord, and so Jesus went, I'm cutting it short. And Jesus, when you read it in Acts 9, and Jesus went on to say, why do you keep kicking against me? Why do you keep rejecting me? Why do you keep coming against my people? Why do you keep coming against the people that I'm sending to you for help? Why? And I paraphrase and I am. Jesus came, he gave parables. He gave parables. He gave parables so if jesus gave parables we give testimony we giving testimony we are letting people know i've been down this road before and now you're on this road that i am i just got a whole new revelation 
Lord, help me, Jesus. Saul was on the road to Damascus. That's what Saul was at. He was on the road up to, uh, uh, of Damascus, right? That's scripture. That's what it says. But what road are we on? What road are we on? Where Jesus is going to have to pay us a visit. That's a question. What road are, are we on where Jesus is going to have to pay us a visit? What road are we on? Are we on the road of destruction? Are we on a road of chaos? Are we on a road of confusion? Are we on a road of division? Are we on a road of hate? Are we on a road of malice? Are we on a road of betrayal? Are we on a road of strife? Are we on a road to run into mischief? Are we on a road of disobedience? Are we on a road of witchcraft? Are we on a road? What road are we on? What road are you on? Where Jesus is going to come by and call your name twice to get your attention to ask you, why do you keep persecuting me? Why do you keep kicking against the prick? Why do you keep kicking against correction? Why do you keep kicking against conviction? Why? So Job 32, that's where we are today. Job 32, Job 32, that's where we are. That's, that's where we are today. That is where we are. Hold on, I need to get, I'm not understanding why these are not catching my, what's the name? What road are you on? That's a question. That's a question. You you need to ask yourself that question for yourself. What road are you on? Listen, Job chapter 32. Starting at the first verse, and it reads, So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then was kindled the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barakal, the Buzite, of the kindred of Ram. Against Job was his wrath kindled because he justified himself rather than God. Also, against his three friends was his wrath kindled because they had found no answer and yet had condemned Job. Sometimes when you are a group of people, you may not have the answer. They may not have the answer and neither do, and neither do you. Sometimes there are some people who think that they know it all. They have all the answers in the world. Yep, there are just some people that way. If Job was really a good man, his three friends would have to drop their theory 
that suffering is always God's punishment for evil actions. Instead of considering another viewpoint, however, they cut off the discussion. They were convinced that Job had some hidden fault or some hidden sin. So there was no point in talking it to Job because Job would not confess it. But Job knew he had lived rightly before God and others. And you can read that in chapter 29 if you were just if you're just now following me, because I talked about that as well. And had avoided wrong thoughts and actions. Chapter 31. We read that last week. And he wasn't about to invent a sin to satisfy his friends. Lord have mercy. Joe was not Joe was not going to make up something to satisfy his friends. Joe was not going to lie to satisfy his friends. Joe was not going to manipulate to satisfy his friends. Joe was not going to say whatever that his friends wanted him to say to prove to them that they were right. Job said, I will maintain my ways before the Lord. Whether they feel like it's right or wrong, I'm not going to change my character. I'm not going to question my integrity. I'm not going to change my confidence because of my continence. Continence simply means that I'm, I'm sad in my suffering. I'm struggling in my suffering. I'm suffering in my situation. I'm suffering in my circumstances. Job said, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I look like, no matter what my wife is saying, Job said, no matter what y'all were saying, I'm not been to get you all to believe nothing that I have to say. Either you believe it or either you don't. Either you receive it or you reject it. But at the end of the day, I know who I am. I know what I do. I know what I've said and I know what I've not said. I know who I have encouraged. I know who I have fed. I know what I have done for the glory of God. For the glory of God. And sometimes this is not justifying evilness. This is not justifying bad behavior. This is not justifying evil dealings. If you know that what you said is true, you don't have to justify it. You have to prove it. Why? Because the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the word. The proof is in my walk. The proof is in my talk. The proof is the light of the Lord and the light of Jesus. We spend so much time trying to prove to people who we are or who we're not. Why? Because at the end of the day, they're not going to put their business out there in the street. Let's talk about that for a second. You have some people saying, just tell the truth. Just release it. Just let it go. But will you do that? Will you be honest? Will you be truthful? Will you do what is necessary to make peace? Some will and some won't. 
Some will and some won't. But listen, listen, when Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar had nothing more to say, Elihu became the fourth person to speak to Job. This was the first and only time he spoke. <laughs> listen, sometimes you got to let some people know you will never get another opportunity to say anything else to me again. Know that I love you. Know that I'm praying for you. But I, I respect you enough and I need you to respect me enough to never speak to me in that way again. To never accuse me in that way again. You got to be able to speak authority to that demon. You got to be able to speak authority to Satan. You got to be able to speak authority to them enemies. You got to be able to speak in and with the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ, God the Father. You got to literally be able to speak in those areas and to let people know this is your last time talking to me this way. This is your last time speaking to me in that manner. You will no longer get another chance to disrespect me. You will no longer get another chance to hurt me. You will no longer get another chance to use your words to condemn me, to use your, your words to hurt me. To, 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 this is your last time for me to allow you to use those words to penetrate my heart. You have every right whether it's your friend, your parents, your leaders, your spouse, your siblings, whomever. But you must do it in the right attitude. You must do it in the right way. You must speak with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Your words has to be clear and concise. And though you may be yelling and screaming, apologize for the yelling and the screaming and the hollering because we the uh uh, uh what is that soft uh, uh um james 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 says that um no i want to give you the proverbs one a soft answer that's the one I that's the one I want to that's the one I want to give you. Proverbs 15 and 1. Let me go ahead and put that in there. Proverbs 15 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Why is that? Because for one, we don't want anybody talking crazy to us. We don't want nobody disrespecting us in their words. So what happens? We got to turn around and say, hey, listen, I understand what you were saying, but I really don't like the way that you talk to me. You don't talk to me. You talk at me. You don't talk to me. You talk down to me. And if your words can't heal me, if your words can't love me, if your words can't help me, don't even have a conversation with me. Don't even, if you don't have anything nice to say to me, don't even say nothing. You must have so much value in you 
that you let people know if I respect you, you respect me. But if I'm respecting you and you're not respecting me, then we can no longer have conversation. We can no longer have dialogue. We can no longer communicate. Because I don't disrespect you with my words. I don't yell and scream at you. I don't put you down with my words. So the same respect that I give you, I expect that back in return. And if I can't get it back in return, then it's my responsibility to say, we just don't need to communicate anymore. That way, your words that you're using doesn't bring anger, doesn't bring strife, doesn't cause contention, doesn't cause confusion, doesn't bring chaos. You have to understand that you have a right to use your words and you have a right to say to them, I'm not a dog. I'm not a dog. I'm a human being. The same way these people out here respecting dogs and, and, and giving, uh, 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 even you, you can't even do cruelty to animals. But we'll say, here, come here, Pookie Poo. Come here. Come here. You want a treat? But we can't have that same compassion and that same love for human beings. Come on over here. Have a seat. Let me talk to you for a minute. Come on. I, I heard something that you said the other day. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion. And then using wisdom, because then if you feel like the, 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 the discussion is going into another area, be wisdom and be wise enough, be knowledgeable enough to recognize by the spirit of discernment, this conversation is, is not going in the place that I thought it was going to go into. Let's just stop right here and we can come back another day and we can revisit it. And can I be honest? It's easier said than done. Can, can I just be honest? It's easier said than done. But guess what? But you got to try to do it. How do you know it's hard? How do you know it's How do you know that um, it, it can't be done unless you try it? And it doesn't matter if you fail it the first time or fail it the second time. Repent, apologize, get up and dust yourself off and go try it the next day. Let me hurry up and get through this. Let me hurry up and get through this. So listen, apparently... Elihu was a bystander and much younger than the others, but he introduced a new viewpoint while Job's three friends said he was suffering from some past sins. Elihu said Job's suffering would not go away until he realized his present sin. So if I'm telling you I've not done anything wrong, and I'm telling you that I am even right now, I've not done anything wrong. So now you're telling me I have a present sin. So Job maintained that he wasn't suffering because of sin. He was sinning because of suffering. No, that's good. It says he maintained. Listen to what Elihu. Elihu was saying that he maintained that Job wasn't suffering because of sin. He was sinning because of suffering. And we, listen, 
we must understand that just because we're suffering doesn't mean we're so because we're suffering doesn't mean we're sinning. So because an illness come upon us doesn't mean we've sinned. So because our 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 lights get cut off doesn't mean we sin. It means we didn't pay the bill by five o'clock like we were like we were. Listen. That because they came and repoed my car don't mean I wasn't paying my car payments. It, it doesn't mean that because they repoed my car doesn't mean that I was sinning. It means that I didn't pay my car payment at a reasonable time or I was spending my money doing something else when I know I should be paying my bills. That has nothing to do with sin. Those are foolish mistakes. No, that's not a mistake. That's foolish. That's foolish. <laughs> that's just as foolish. Hey, Shakita, that's just foolish. Literally, that's just foolish. So what happens when we get people that are around us that thinks because we're suffering, we're sinning? We're not sinning if we're suffering. Sometimes suffering comes to make us strong. Sometimes suffering comes to show us what needs to be done. Perfect example. Uh, I was diagnosed type 2 diabetes. The doctors diagnosed me. I don't claim it, but I use wisdom and I gain knowledge and I understand what's happening. So what do I do? Wisdom says if they're saying lose weight, eat better and exercise. So let me just realize that God has shown these people, the doctors, what's going on with my body that he created, that I'm putting stuff in it that's causing my sugar to be skyrocketed. So I must lose some weight, exercise, and eat better. And if I exercise, lose weight, eat better, guess what? My body will line up to my original body that I was created with. Because we all know, in reality, we eat too much of stuff that we shouldn't eat. We drink stuff that we shouldn't drink. And we don't walk like we should walk. And more importantly, we don't drink enough water. So if you don't wanna weigh 500 pounds, and have some sudden health issues or a sudden health scare, then what do you do? You use wisdom by the knowledge that you received and your understanding what's going to bring things to line up according to the word of God or just according to what the doctors have stated. Listen, uh, Providence Cordelia, help me, Lord, too, because listen, this journey of mine has been one journey, been one heck of a journey. But then I started to realize that, guess what? It works. It works. When I exercise, I feel so much better. When I drink plenty of water, I'm not always thirsty. <laughs> when I eat better, I feel more energized. And we must believe the report of the Lord. Because he says in Proverbs 1, let me help y'all out. Let me back that up with scripture. 
Proverbs chapter one and seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if God says that I may live a long, healthy life, but I'm putting stuff in my body that's not going to cause me to live a long, healthy life. If he promises, if he promises us 70 years with an extra 10 with good measure, good strength, et cetera, et cetera, that will only happen if we eat right, if we live right, if we drink the right things, if we eat the right things, if we exercise, if we get plenty of rest, if we get plenty of rest, we'll get plenty of sleep. Our car runs off of gas. If we don't put gas in our car, guess what? The car won't start. The car won't run. If we don't change our tires, they'll get bald. And then guess what? They'll go flat. If we don't put oil in our engine, guess what? It's going to throw a rod, throw the whole car away. You don't take care of your transmission. Your transmission go out, throw the whole car away, or pay for a whole new transmission. But I was always told that a transmission and the labor costs more. You might as well go buy another car. So if we know how to take care of our material things, and we know how to take care of our homes, why we can't take care of our bodies? Why we can't take care of our minds? So we should also take care of what? Our spirit man. Right? So I'm just saying. So back to Job 32. So with all of that being said, what we have to understand is that Elihu also said that suffering is not meant to punish us as much as it is meant to, con to correct and restore us to keep us on the right path. Elihu need Jesus. He needed Jesus. Listen, there is much truth in Elihu's speech. And remember in the beginning, when remember in the beginning when I said his friends wasn't saying anything wrong. They were just speaking it to the wrong person. They was giving it to the wrong person. See, what happens is people think that everybody's problem or everybody's situation is the same. No, it's not the same. It's not the same, but God's word is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. That's right. We must take care of our minds, our bodies, and our souls. That's it. Right? So, listen. While his speech is on a higher spiritual plateau than the others, Elihu still wrongly assume that a correct response to suffering always brings prosperity and that suffering is always in some way connected to sin it's not it isn't so in verse seven listen let me go no 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 let me go back up to verse four that's where i'm at so verse four uh job 32 verse four i'm just going to read this on through because i got a few more minutes he said in verse six he said and elihu the son of Barakwa, the buzzard, answered and said, I am young and you are very old. Wherefore, I was afraid and didn't and did not know that I could show you my opinion. 
He said, days should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty continues to give them understanding. That is true. He said, great men are not always wise. That is true. Neither do the age understand judgment. That is true. Therefore, Elihu said, therefore, I said, hearken to me. Now, Elihu, Elihu is saying, they're old of age. This is where they was going. You, you, They ain't answered any of your questions, but listen to me. He said, listen to me. He said, I also will show my opinion. He said, behold, I waited for your words. I gave ear to your reasons. Will you search when you searched out what to say? Yeah, I attended unto you. And behold, there was none of you that convinced Job or that answered his words. This is what Elihu is saying to Job's friends. Now, mind you, the Bible said that Elihu was just a bystander. It didn't even it didn't even say he was a friend. It said a young man, a bystander that was listening and sitting what his friends was telling Job. He told his friends, he said, but you should say we have found out wisdom. God trusts him down, not man. So now he has not directed his words against me. Neither will I answer him with your speeches. So I'm not going to tell him anything that you said. Let him hear my words. Mm. He said they were so. He said, and so 15, it says they were amazed. They answered no more. They left off speaking. Now, listen, it's not enough to recognize a great truth. It must be lived out in your life. Elihu recognized the truth that God was the only source of real wisdom, but he did not use God's wisdom to help Job. While Elihu recognized where wisdom came from, he did not seek to acquire it. Becoming wise is an ongoing, lifelong pursuit. Don't be content just to know about wisdom make it a part of your life and i said that earlier listen you got to use wisdom in every area of your life you got to use wisdom with your friends you got to use wisdom with your neighbors you got to use wisdom with your leaders you got to use wisdom with the man in the grocery store you got to use wisdom when you're driving you got to use wisdom when you're cooking you got to you got to use wisdom when you're giving advice you got to use wisdom when you're counseling you got to use wisdom in everything and everyone at every place you must use wisdom if you despise wisdom and instruction you're a fool because you're, you're, you're not realizing, okay, yeah, let's just say boiling water is easy. But I heard somebody said they didn't know how to boil water. So we can't even say boiling water is easy. Sometimes somebody might have to, uh, 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 sometimes somebody might have to call you and say, okay, I got the water in the pot. It's on the stove. How high do I cut it on for it to start boiling? 
Now, some of us may laugh and be like, girl, are you serious? But it's just like my youngest daughter. When I told her to go to the grocery store and get a gallon of vitamin D milk. So she goes to the grocery store and she sees all these gallons of milk and she calls and say, how do I know which one is vitamin D? Now, for me, I was like, are you for real? Like, ask me this question. But her purpose was because she was not looking for the, the, the word vitamin D. She was looking for the brand to be called vitamin D. She saw Mayfield. She saw um, Great Lakes. She saw um, uh the 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 Kroger uh, generic name. She saw um, different types of names, but she was looking for the brand. So I was like, "Well, Shakira, vitamin D is the is the the like the flavor, <laughs> like two percent low fat skin milk, um, Mayfield gallon of milk." vitamin d <laughs> yes truth must be lived out and we must and we must use wisdom daily we have to use wisdom every day we have to use wisdom wisdom will give you instruction wisdom will increase your knowledge amen so and um so verse 16 it says, when I had waited for they, for when I waited for they spoke not, but stood still and answered no more. I said, I will answer also my part. I also will show my opinion for I am full of matter. The spirit within me constraineth me. Behold, my belly is as wine, which hath no vent. It is ready to burst like new bottles. Listen, you know what he was saying? He was saying, I done sat here and I done listened to y'all so long and so much. I'm just dying to get my opinion. I'm just dying to get it out. Listen to what Job chapter 32, starting at the 16th verse, and the New Living Translation says, Should I continue to wait now that you are silent? Must I also remain silent? No. I will say my peace. I will speak my mind for I am full of pent up words and the spirit within me urges me on. I am like a cask of wine without vent, like a new wine skin ready to burst. He said, I must speak to find relief. So let me give my answers. I won't play favorites or try to flatter anyone. For if I tried flattery, my creator would soon destroy me. And isn't that what I just said? Job 32, 16 through 22, Elihu sat patiently, but eagerly. Can I say that again? Joe, uh, uh, Elihu sat patiently, but eagerly. Like you, even though you were patient and what you needed to give your opinion on, but you were anxious, you were eager. So that lets me know you weren't even listening. You weren't even paying attention. You were so focused on patiently waiting just to speak, patiently waiting just to give your opinion, patiently waiting just to give your part, patiently waiting just to make them look bad. And sometimes people will give you advice to make somebody else look bad. So let me tell you this. When I give counsel and the people, somebody will call me and I will ask them, 
Have you talked to anyone else before you called me? And if they say yes, I'll ask them who. And when they say who, I say go back to them. Some of you may think that's wrong, but it isn't. I don't want to put confusion on anybody else. If they're already confused, if they didn't receive them, they're not going to receive me because you're looking for an answer that fits your flesh. You're looking for an answer to fit your situation. I get that. I understand that. But if I go ahead and give you something, you then you have to determine, well, who is right? Who is right? Who should I listen to? Who should I follow? For one, you need to listen to the Lord. For two, you need to follow Jesus. For three, the Bible tells us when God gave me, when I do turn it to I don't, the wilds of the vows. Let me tell you the scripture that he gave me, but I had to understand. I had to understand why he gave me what he gave me. I had to understand it. And I, I need y'all to, I need you to understand the scripture and Proverbs 11 and 15. Proverbs 11 and 15. And the new living, in the new living translation Proverbs 11 and 15, when God gave me, when I do, turn it to I don't, the wows of the vows. And in 2016, I had decided, well, 2014, um, when God gave me that. And in 2016, when I decided that I was about to finish my bachelor's degree in psychology, that I didn't want to do um, secular counseling. I wanted to be a biblical counselor. I wanted to be biblically based. I wanted to be able to um, do it from the church and to be ordained by the church, by the church's bylaws, so that I would have a choice. I would have a right. I could make my own decision if I chose to counsel you or I chose not to counsel you according to where you were and what you were doing. So I wanted your decision and I wanted your choice to be made by you and not me. I know some of you are like, what do you mean? Because when I say, let's just say, People who don't believe in God comes to me and they want my counsel. I let them know that I do my counseling strictly by the word of God from the Holy Spirit. My wisdom comes from the Lord. When I pray to God and I ask God what he needs me to give, then I believe that when he speaks to me, I'm able to give you what you need. So this decision and the choice is now on you. I'm telling you who I am. I'm telling you what I do. And I'm telling you that I'm not even going to charge you either because my gifts is from God and he rewards me openly what I do in secret. That I don't put a price on God's gift because he gave it to me for free. And then I don't want people to be to be um, suffering or worrying about a strain of trying to pay this money. I don't want just I don't want your focus to be on your finances. I want your, your focus to be on your soul. I want your focus to be on your marriage. I want your focus to be on your health. I want your focus to be on whatever area that you're coming for counseling on. And I don't want finances to be an issue to where you feel like you get paid and you got to pay an extra bill. And then you say, well, I can't come to counseling today because I don't have the money. I know I heard from God. Right? I know I hear from God because what I do for God in secret, he rewards me openly. But what I do for God, I'm not looking for anything in return. I'm looking for God to heal them. I'm looking for God to deliver them. I'm looking for God to do a great thing in their life and what they're wanting. 
That's why you need to use wisdom. Proverbs 11 and 15 says um, in a New Living Translation, there is danger in putting up security for a stranger. I'm sorry, wrong one. My bad. Hold on. 14, not 15. I was like, wait a minute. That's not it. Proverbs 11 and 14. That's right. Souls is the goal. I like that. Proverbs 11 and 14 says, without wise leadership, hear me and hear me well. Um, there's a person that's commenting and your name says, March, know that God is good and he is worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. And I'm speaking to that comment that you just made. So I'm praying for you in Jesus name. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Can I say that again? Without wise leadership, a nation falls. We're the nation. The people is the nation. So there is safety in having many advisors. So there's nothing wrong with having many advisors. What makes it wrong is when you got too many people, though, in your ear. Because when God sends you to the right people, you're going to receive the right counsel. You're going to receive the right wisdom. And I dare not put my mouth and come against any leader. So if you come to me and you say, and I ask you, you, say, you go back to them and you let them know that you don't understand what's been said. You don't understand what's been given because I'm not going to speak against what you, what they may feel that was right for you. But there is a, but if you're talking to me and you're telling me what they're saying, and it does not line up with the word of God, I'm going to give you the word of God. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm not giving any suggestions. I'm what does God say? What does God say? And I'm telling you, I'm giving you truth. I'm giving you honesty. I'm giving you transparency. I'll share my testimony. I'll share my examples. But the ultimate decision and wise counsel is between you and the God you serve. And I'll say it just like that. And the God you serve. So Job 32 is finished. And we're going to go on and continue Job 33 on tomorrow. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And let, let that be your end. Let's, let that be your end. Listen, 1 Samuel 12 and 24 says, be, but be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great thing he has done for you. You must consider the great things that God has done for you. Job considered the great things that God had done for him. That's right. Wise counsel is necessary. Stop letting people tell you not to go to a therapist. Stop letting people tell you you don't need to go to a counselor. Can if I can be honest, I'm gonna give now, I'm gonna give you my own opinion. I believe in the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s, the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, if all them folk during those times would have had counseling, would have gone to a therapist, I believe so much stuff that's going on right now, we wouldn't have so much mental illness in our children. We wouldn't have so, many, so much mental illness in our teenagers.
We won't have so much mental illness, illness and our young adults. I, I'm, I, I, I believe that. I, I believe that. I believe that. But now I God that we are now in the 20th century when mental illness is a priority. Mental illness is necessary to be looked at, to be checked on. People in this world, their minds are all over the place, all over the place, literally. They don't know if they're coming or going. Our babies, our seven and eight-year-olds, they, they, they're now expressing because the, the world is changing, but the word of God doesn't change. The world of the world is changing. It's 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 growing in 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 knowledge. It's growing in wisdom. The, our our babies babies that are being born today, honey, they coming out holding their head up, looking at you. They waving. <laughs> Listen, these babies that are being born today, they built different. <laughs> They're built different, and we need wisdom. We need wisdom and we got to maintain our ways before the Lord. We got to maintain our integrity before the Lord. No matter in our suffering, our continence is going to change, but don't let it change your confidence. Don't let it change who you are. Don't let it change whom God called you to be. Don't let it change your character. Don't let it change your heart. Don't let it change your mind and who you serve and what you believe in. Don't allow your continence to change your confidence. Continue to keep your confidence in the Lord. Continue to trust him. Continue to believe in him. God is good and he's worthy to be praised. And we must continue to worship him in spirit and in truth with all sincerity. But we need wisdom. We need knowledge. And we need understanding. And that's where Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 7 comes in at. you got to believe that. And you are so welcome. So I will see you on tomorrow if it's God's will. I'll be here again for Bible study brunch at 11 a.m. Can we talk about it live? Job series. Don't allow your continence to change your confidence. Amen. Know that I love you and God loves you more. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.